When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company, improving people's lives for over 50 years. Jordan Oppett here from TVNZ's One News Sports Team, filling in for Frankie Mackay this weekend. Uh, and Jeep is a bit on in Christchurch. We knew they'd go early, but, but perhaps not this early, but it's a done deal. Scott Robertson, commonly known to all as Razor, is locked in as our next All Blacks coach through till 2027. It was quite funny, I asked what the reaction was like in Christchurch. I was asked rather, and I said, well, put it this way, I would have hated to see the reaction if he didn't get the job. In my role here in Christchurch, I spend a fair bit of time in and around the Crusaders environment, and I must say you can really sense a massive weight has been lifted for all. Razor himself was very emotional on Wednesday morning at Rugby Park for his weekly media session, particularly when he was asked about family. What does this mean? What was it like when you told them? Because the reality is, if he didn't get the job, he was on the road. So he's now got some certainty and so too to his team, who despite being plagued with injuries never seen in round four by any Crusaders side before, are on a quest for a seventh consecutive title, which will now be Razor's last at the helm. The good news is, last night they continued their unbeaten run with the bonus point win over the Brumbies. We'll dissect more of that later. But what Razor's appointment also means is that Colin Mansbridge, the Crusaders season, CEO is now officially on the hunt for a new coach and has massive boots to fill. Potentially he'll need an assistant too if Scott Hansen, the current assistant, is on Razor's All Blacks ticket. Speaking to media earlier this week, Colin was quite emotional, said the franchise isn't just about producing quality All Blacks, but All Blacks coaches. He went as far as saying he was a bit of a proud dad, which was kind of cute. Uh, we asked him earlier what was his reaction and here's what he had to say. As, as you can probably tell, Kirsty, we were stoked. This um, uh, when it was publicly announced, there was a, a few staff sitting around a, a TV screen upstairs, um, and uh, uh, it had been kept fairly tight by New Zealand Rugby. So uh, staff were sitting around the screen. Announcements went out contemporaneously with the announcement, the public announcement. But you could hear a roar charging throughout the building. So. Um, yeah, lots of uh, lots of excitement and and lots of passion and um, and yeah, we're we're absolutely stoked. Um, obviously, whenever someone gets in an All Black team yes. as a player or a coach, it's something to celebrate around here. So um, uh, yeah, absolutely stoked. I can confirm that roar as well. Um, I was actually at Rugby Park uh, when the news broke and when they had the announcement and there was a loud cheer, lots of tears. Poor Colin came down pretty emotional too. Uh, we also asked him, why is Razor going to become a great All Blacks coach? He's just, he's contagious is the first thing. So he's enthusiastic and contagious. He's a, he's a rampant optimist. So you put a problem in front of it, and he just reframes it as an opportunity. And so, you, you, you know, you don't see him get too flustered by a, a mounting injury toll. Now, deep down, he must be, but he, he sees it as an opportunity to grow a younger player. So he's, he's sort of a guy that if you put obstacles or barriers in front of him, yes, he'll get knocked around like 
every human being will, but he'll just reframe it as an opportunity. And it's just, it's in his DNA. And that, that, that mindset is just so contagious. Uh, and I think it's going to be contagious for the whole country. He's, he's, he, he, he does impact people and you, you've been it, you, you've seen yeah, it before. It's amazing. Uh, it is, isn't it? People just get really excited being around them. So I think, you know, we're going to win a World Cup in 2023. Fozzie and the group are yep. going to take that cruise and win a World Cup. And then we'll get back on top as number one and stay there for the next 10 years with this guy. Absolutely. <laughs> and it'll be a fun ride. And lastly, what does the process look like from here and when do they start looking for that new head coach? So what this has done is it's just given us a little bit more clarity mm. about conversations that we can have. So beforehand it was you couldn't even talk to anybody. Now we can talk to people with a little bit more clarity and a little bit more certainty. Now there's a little bit of extra work that New Zealand rugby and and Razor need to do through the balance of his coaching team, and we're, we're just going to we're not going to panic, and we're just going to let let that play through. Um, it, but it has given us an opportunity just to reconnect with the people that we've been talking to, um, who might, you know, have a desire to coach here. Um, in terms of process, we'll take our time. We'll, they'll need a couple of weeks for things to settle down and for him to figure out the balance of his coaching group. And then that'll probably answer some questions for us. So, um, so yep, we're talking to people, um, staying connected and um, and when we get a little bit more certainty we can we can probably give everybody else a little bit more certainty the key thing for the moment is uh you know especially leading into the buy it's a pretty intense run mm. and so there is there is a lot of work going on just to make sure that both razor and and his management group have everything at their disposal to, so they can be the best they can be over the next few weeks he, he's he's desperate to uh, have a successful 2023, yeah. and um, the playing group is, and so we just want to make sure that they've got our absolute focus and, and not too much distraction on the other stuff at the moment. So exciting times for all. I think it's uh, clear there's no denying that whoever fills uh, Razor's position has massive boots to fill. But remember, we've got an equally epic women's league now in the South Island Christchurch-based Matatu is in the final this afternoon of Super Rugby Opiki against the Chiefs Manawa. In the short, sharp four-week comp, I know it feels like it's over before it even started, they've won two matches and lost two, one of those losses to the Manawa, but only by eight points. There's so many exciting t- uh, talking points in this. You've got the Bremner sisters facing off each other, you've got two Black Ferns uh, forwards packs, oh, it just continues. Sen's very own Ricky Swinell caught up with head coach Blair Baxter earlier and here's what he had to say. We've talked in the past about I guess the time that you get with your players Uh, so what does a training day look like now that we're into this kind of business end of preparation for the weekend's competition? We've established a really good routine um, which is allowing the girls to perform on Saturday so nothing's changed for us this week. We we have a morning session uh, which establishes good clarity around what we're looking to do and then after lunch we come out and, and do some scenario based stuff and uh, where we can we go 15 on 15 so we get a little bit of a hit out and um, add a bit more intensity. How's everyone recovered from the semi-final because it, it was a brutal, it was a brilliant, it was a very exciting match that you played against the Blues in the semi. How was I guess the recovery and the analysis from that? Yeah, you did right there. We had some things up bodies, and we've had a bit of a short turnaround this week, obviously Sunday to Saturday. So we've had player welfare is really important. Uh, the 
actually turned up this morning, and maybe it's the excitement of finals footy in that edge. But uh, most most of them, if not ninety percent of them, are in great position position physically and mentally. So we're pretty fortunate that our girls are super professional and, and work really hard on being in their best space. You've gone from not winning a game last year, and, and look, we know that last last year's competition was slightly different with more tournament style, and you, you certainly had a crack, but from not winning a game to the grand final, what does it mean for the club? Oh, it's, it's ex- we're extremely proud of, of the first four rounds and how we've grown as a group and to make it to this week's big dance is, is a special occasion, um, like you said. Last year, for various reasons, we weren't good enough. And um, from that moment, uh, end of March last year, to now we've been planning for to get to this space. And, and final sport is different. So yeah, it's who turns up on the day, who's prepared to go harder for longer. And, and um, we've been preparing to do that. What's been the biggest lesson from, from last year, from, as you say, when you sat down in March and, and got to have a look at last year's campaign and, and to now? What's been the biggest lessons that, that maybe the coaching group has had, but that, that the whole club has had? Yeah, you touched on, you touched on before around the, the physicality and the speed that this game's played at. So we had to adjust to make better decisions under pressure. We had to be a little bit better in, in our decision-making. So we've worked quite hard across the last, sort of 12 months to do that and then just embracing all forms of contact so our scrum was pretty lucky to have two quality coaches looking after that um, and a lot of work in the tackle and, and breakdown so that, those things that we needed to be better at and I think we've, we've, we've shown that we uh, we can compete in that space Do you think Blair, did anyone really have an idea and understanding of how hard it is to build a club Effectively from scratch, as, as we mentioned last week, you know, you've, you've got the support of the Crusaders and the Highlanders and the whole South Island, but you are still effectively that new brand, that whole new club, um, starting from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a really good question. Uh, and having the support of, of both those franchises has been really good. And, and the board uh, are super proud of us, and they'll do anything to help us be great. So uh, that's that's made things really easy. Uh, we're pretty lucky to have a special name and narrative that that we can unpack every year, and and we have ability to um, think that with the group, the current playing group, like that, that's probably cool. They've invested in it, they own it, and they bring that to life in their own way. So that has some challenges, but also there's there's a lot more exciting things about having your own brand, your own identity and something that we can be super proud of. Mm. How have you, I guess, managed this campaign? Is it, it is, we know, a short, sharp competition, but there's those kind of distinct phases, isn't there? That I'd imagine that opening game and then you get into your couple of round-robin games. Did you, did you plan it out and compartmentalise it that or do you just, is it just go for it basically for five weeks? <laughs> oh, I think it, it is. there is some deliberate planning going in. We know that this being such a short competition, five weeks, it's a race, it's not a marathon, so you, you can't make too many changes weekly, but as long as you're making slight adjustments um, to bring it all together in the final dance, uh, you're on, on, on to a winning um, formula. So I think we've we've managed to showcase that, that um, from round one uh, through to semi-final last week and into the final, mm. we're, we're still searching for that full 80 minutes, or it could be longer. <laughs> these two teams are... Uh, with the final and, and it'll be a competitive game. 
I'm talking to Mata 2 coach Blair Baxter ahead of the Super Rugby Opiki final this weekend. What did you do well last week in the semi-final, Blair? You talked about not quite the 80-minute performance, but it was certainly a lot closer um, last week to that you can take into this final against the Chiefs Manawa. I think what we've, what we've done well or continue to do well year is just play with limited possession and scraps that we get, we're able to feed off and um, put points on the board. So we can have 50% position with a different side as well. Um, I thought our set-piece stand-up after two weeks ago where we got a little bit um, potentially bullied. So again, again, this week they're going to have to be on point against a big forward pack from, from the Manawa. Uh, and then just some really, really good decision-making uh, in that back end of the game and, and talking to our leaders, they felt really calm and composed. So you consider that to the power in uh, round two where we turned down three points to take the game and um, to what we did on Saturday. That's some really good adjustments and learnings from our girls. Mm-hmm. You you made a switch to, to your forward pack last week by bringing Emma Dermody in to start at lock and that allowed Alana Bremner to move to, to back into the loose, although at, at number eight we're so used to seeing her at six. What did that enable you to do? And it will is it something you might look at again this week? Yeah, so... Lanz is just an absolute champion of playing. She'll do whatever's best for the team. So we played her at lock, and because it's a different type of athlete than that tight five, their scrummage and maul and line outs, endurance is second, like it's tough. And then having to shift to loose forward is even harder. <laughs> so um, giving her a start at that loose forward where you can see like stuff that she's great at um, over and above her leadership, she's good in those edges, she's a good carrier. Um, and she makes great decisions. So that we, we saw that. And um, I think that shift really worked for us. We gave Marcel Parks an awesome opportunity to add what she's great at and that powerful athleticism that she brings um, with, her, with her carrying and, and tackle. So that, that combination really worked for us. You got some massive impact off your bench in that semi-final, as you say, Marcel Parks. But I'm not allowed to call. We're never allowed to call her old because she'll she'll have a go if I say it. But the veteran <laughs> Steph Tio Heide Fox with that massive play um, towards the end. What mm. does someone like Steph bring to a week like this, to a final, to a big match? Yeah, you can't you can't beat big game experience, and and she is someone that's played lots and lots of years in all different forms. And her composure, her ability to know what to do in the back end of the game, whether it's closing out or chasing, she just has this manner about her that's that's special and it's going to be um, lost when she eventually retires. I'm not sure when that is, but uh, she she adds so much uh, on field and off field, uh, absolute warrior of the game. And um, She's not the only one out there that does that. I think Shante Poko come on mm. back into that game too and she's another calm woman that's got an incredible skill set and uh, they sort of know how to keep us really focused and, and basically where our feet are, mm. keep us grounded. You you played the Chiefs just two weeks ago. They were your last round robin game, and, and the Chiefs won at 46-38. But you, you led 19-8, and then you scored 19 points in the last eight. So you had a great start and a great finish. So where do you look to improve, and take, what can you take from that match to go into the final? Oh, that, that's right. That's that 80 minutes we're searching for. And, and rugby is a game of momentum. And God, I don't know if I've ever seen a team that's completely had dominated for 80 minutes yet in any form. So uh, we just need to do it longer than we did. And uh, round three, um, the, God, you look at their team. They've got 
like really good athletes um, and girls that are quite impactful and can change the game. So if we can take time and space away from them and, and maybe win more moments than them, then uh, we're in it for a lot longer this week. Some of those moments you mentioned it earlier are going to be around set piece where I, I think we, we chatted, you, you know, your, your All Black Ferns front row would have been smarting a wee bit after the, what the Chiefs did in that round-robin game. So what sort of work have, have the, the, the forwards coaches been doing with them and, and how, I guess, what sense do you get of their readiness to take on that challenge again? Oh, yeah, they're up, I think, like all, all of us are. We know that it's, uh, it's something that we need to be better at and we will be. Um, the also got a plan around how we can manage some of their stuff, I think. Um, they threw stuff at, at us that we hadn't seen before, so that was that's a really good learning for us. And I think uh, our girls have prepared really well to to do that. And like the battle plan's only as good until you enter the battle, so we've got to have ability to adapt and adjust on the run if, if they throw any other any other little curveballs at us. How much does, I guess, so many of your players, and it's probably the same for both teams, have now experienced big pressure cooker matches and we look particularly at a couple of those World Cup matches that they can go into this one and, and know what the pressure of, of a big occasion is like? Yeah, we're fortunate to have girls that have played in, whether it's World Cup, whether it's Farah Palmer, uh, they've, they've experienced um, winning. So that's really helpful, and that calmness under pressure and and making great decisions can only be really helpful for us. I think we're we're looking for for those girls that experienced uh, World Cup success to to stand up this week and big game moments, big game plays. So um, I'd like to think we see some of that coming. It's one of those things that you, you could say, oh, it's just another day, it's just another game, but it's not. It's it's big, isn't it? It is it is the final. It's what you put that work into. Oh, definitely. You can't dismiss that. Look, the moment is what you make of it. So, again, we want to stay where we where our feet are and and just control what we can control. So it's, it's something that girls have been working on all campaign and um, we would never use. It's just another game because it's not. It's special. It's the first final, second ever picking. We have a chance to to um, to take that title. So. You know, everyone appears a little bit differently this week. Mm. I can sense the excitement. Um, I'm sure it's going to be one heck of a, a heck of a contest, and and you'll be throwing plenty at it. All the very best to you, Blair, and to the Mutter Two team uh, for the final against the Chiefs this weekend. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Ricky. Really appreciate you. That was Ricky Swinell's All About Orpiki Show. You can find all the podcasts on the SENZ app and you've got time to catch up. We've got till this afternoon, so binge, listen to them all afternoon. Uh, big half hour coming up. I've got your local sports wrap. We're joined by Kendra Coxedge. Then let's hook into that Crusaders result last night. Welcome back. Right, it's your time for the local sports update. Thanks to Trident Homes, designed for living, built for life. Well, unless you've been living under a rock, rugby's been dominating your sports headlines this week. Of course, Razor, the new All Blacks coach from 2024 and beyond. His Crusaders also continue their unbeaten streak, having beaten the Brumbies uh, 35-17 in Christchurch last night. That's a bonus point win. How good. Uh, recent injury updates for you out of the Crusaders in case you've missed them. I'm going to start with key All Blacks here. Sam Whitelock out with a broken hand. David Harvilly out with his shoulder. Sevu Reese with his knee. Fletcher Newell with his foot. 
Will Jordan, still working through return-to-play protocols from his migraine-related condition. Uh, hopefully, Ethan Blackett is okay too after coming off for an HIA and calf niggle last night. As mentioned earlier, this is an injury list full of quality players never seen before in any round four Crusaders side. But this is where the depth of the franchise kicks in because we've already seen more than six, so about seven, I think. We might even be up to eight debutants already slot in and take the opportunities. Good from the Crusaders. Uh, the Tactics are third on the ladder after round three with two big home games in Rangiora this weekend. The Pulse are on Sunday and the Magic on Monday. Now, there's a couple of interesting talking points here. Obviously, the fact that the Tactics are gun in 2023. Something seems to be clicking. They've changed their roster and it's working. Um, but there are a couple of special angles, I think, out of this weekend that are going to be interesting to see how they play out because the Tactics' new shooter, Ali Dunn, has come from uh, the, the Pulse, who won two titles only a couple of years ago, and now she'll go up against her old teammate, so how she handles that pressure in the circle. And then we've got Charlotte Alley, one of the Tactics' longest-serving players. She left this season to head to the Magic. So it's a homecoming of sorts for her on Monday when the Tactics play the Magic. Uh, our local rugby league premier competition ha- gets underway this afternoon, but with no Papua Nui Tigers due to lack of numbers. It means just six teams will compete in the top division this year. Canterbury Rugby League CEO Malcolm Hum says the club will use the season to rebuild with a team, that, and they will have a team rather in the reserve grade. So the new look premiership will see a promotion relegation this season, which means that Papua Nui, if they win the reserves, might even end up back in Prems. So let's wait and see. That's your local sports update. Thanks to Trident Homes. Proud supporters of the Trident Home tactics. Check out their modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. And now we've got what's going on in Canterbury. I love this. It's just a complete change of tact, but I feel like I bring something for everyone in this segment. Um, So Saturday the 25th of March, and here's what else is on the cards. The Canterbury Home Show is on at the Christchurch Arena. Everything you need to know from the experts in Reno's building and design. Then we've got Christchurch's biggest free outdoor rock concert from two at North Hagley uh, Park, that is. So there's Villainy, The Feelers, Emma Dilemma and more. The first 500 to arrive get free singlets. I'm not sure it's really singlet weather anymore, but uh, get on for next summer. Uh, there's a big three-on-three basketball mashup at the Aranui Wainoni Community Centre from one to five, and it's community versus the police. Free event for the whole family with lots of giveaways. Uh, there's a roller disco from four to six at the Rolleston Community Centre. Get around it. Um, and a fun run event tomorrow called Walk to Defeat MND, Motor Neuron Disease. That's tomorrow from 9.30 at Hagley Park. You can enter via Dean's Avenue by the rugby fields there. Speed dating. How good. At Pegasus Arms tonight from 7pm. I did forward that to a few friends. Um, and yeah that's basically it I love the wee re- weekly wrap up plenty more on but I thought I'd give you some options so there's plenty to mull over there remember the best way to see what's on is go to the City Council's website click what's on and it's all there for you Sorry to disappoint, team. It's actually Jordan Oppett filling in for Frankie Mackay this weekend. Hey, we've been chatting Opiki this morning, and I'm determined to keep the rugby momentum going until 2.05 this afternoon when Matatu take on the Chiefs' Manawa. We're joined by rugby legend Kendra Coxedge this morning. And look, once an athlete, always an athlete. When I asked if she could join us, she said, sure, no probs, I'll be up for a run. Kench, how are you? Good, thank you. Good morning. Have you been for your run yet? Nah, I'll go after. <laughs> yeah, me up too early. <laughs> You're a legend. Hey, right, firstly, let's kick into Matatu uh, and Super Rugby Opiki. 
How good, Matatu, in the final? Yeah, I'm so stoked for them. I'm so looking forward to the game today. What have you made of their season so far? I think actually for them it's probably been a bit of a mixed a mixed bag, you know, like I think the way the competition's kind of structured, having, you know, two losses and, and still managed to get through, um, uh, sorry, two wins and managed to get through to the final, um, you know, it's probably helped the way in terms of the competition structure for them to get through, but um, I think they need an 80-minute consistent performance and it's going to happen today, I can just feel it. I can feel it too. I actually can. I'm so excited. What do you think has changed to take the side from wooden spooners last year to now a shot at the title? I mean, we've already touched on the fact that condensed tournament situation probably has helped, but you've still got, they have played some much better rugby. So what do you think has changed in the last 12 months? I think probably time together. Like, um, obviously last year was really with COVID. Um, the structure was really tough for teams. And I know everyone was kind of equal, but last year it was whatever team kind of dealt with COVID the best was, was going to pull through. And I think the, the turnaround has just been the time together that, that must have had. Um, they've obviously had a chance second year in the competition to, to work things out and understand the competition and, and understand the other teams that they're going to play against as, as well as obviously... Um, having a couple other quality players come in into the side with show Robin's ready, someone like her just adds it a little bit more as well. So um, I, I feel that's what they've done, and, and they've obviously really worked hard. And um, yeah, man, I can't I can't wait for this afternoon. You know, the game's going to be awesome. Yeah, you sort of touched on it there, but who have sort of been your standouts this season? I think for my two, Lucy Jenkins at the moment is probably my one of my standout probably player of the season for my two. Um, I think she's been incredible. She's got her engine. She's got to work great. She's been over the ball. She's been she had clutch moments where she's needed to um, with crucial turnovers. Um, another one settling back into her position is, is Grace Brooker. Um, obviously coming back from injury, kind of been up and down as you can imagine, but she's also been I think the backbone of the of the must two backs. Um, she's kind of probably keeping keeping them together. Um, probably one thing that overall the team's been lacking a little bit is around like leadership and um, and, and game management um, and decision making. But I think, you know, they've played a few games now um, and it's all about to, to turn around for this final and, and back in the 100%. Do you think, Kenj, that the World Cup last year has helped sort of lift the standard? I mean, Blair genuinely believes when when those bulk of the Black Ferns players came back, they just demanded more instantly. Do you think that would have helped tournament-wide? Yeah, I think, you know, just the growth from that and, and obviously with World Cup and then playing all the footy that we played last year, it definitely helped. Um, I think some people probably went back after after some, after some World Cup and had, had a really good summer, but some went back and it worked hard and I think that's, that's definitely helped, helped the standard and that want, you know, that, that it's, it's awesome to hear that the girls are gone back and they're just wanting that bit extra and wanting wanting more. And, you know, when you're getting, I guess, coached by like someone like Wayne Smith and then kind of taking that stuff back into your environment as well. And I know that a lot of girls would have learned a lot through him and, and taking it back. And for someone like Blair, uh, Whitney and, and TC and, and Dan Cron, they are heavily open to, to accepting, um, you know, players coming back into the group and, and I guess, sharing what they've learned through World Cup. 
As someone who's been in the game for a long time, how important is it, Kenj, uh, uh, you know, getting to a final like this for a relatively, well, a new club like Matatu, and especially a club that encompasses the whole entire South Island? Like, how important is that uh, to show what's possible to the, to the next generation coming through? Yeah, I think obviously um, it's huge, you know, it, puts you, it kind of puts you on the map and I think, you know, as we say, you can't see, you can't bear then you know, the opportunity for Matatu being a whole South Island team to, to make the final, you know, young players coming through can see that, they can see that kind of journey that they can kind of go on or, say, or pathway to, to make the top and, um, you know, and it's exciting for, it's such an exciting time for, for Matatu, you know, and as, I, as you said before, they've gone from, win this last year to, to now in the final um, and then that's when it just puts South Island on the map and I think young and upcoming players will, will see that. What do you think it's going to take to get one over the Manawa? I mean obviously in the last round robin game they only lost by eight and they much too were winning at times so what do you think it's going to take to get one over them this afternoon? I think um, yeah, the, the Manawa is going to be she's going to be hard, hard, going to be hard to beat. Um, but so so is myself, and it's going to be a great a great close game. Um, I think we've got a heck of a battle up front. Um, I think that the the Chiefs forwards are, have dominated the competition, um, and also we've got a black finish front row probably I believe need to step up today um, and and take take that challenge on. Um, and then obviously Manawa have got a good back three, and it probably matches. I guess the same for for Matatu and I think it's it's gonna take a pretty hard eighty minute effort which is something that, you know, can ran and Matatu have always kinda of been been good at is that it's the game that you can play for eighty four, eighty five minutes if you if you need to and that's something that in final school is hugely hugely important. Um and I think their kicking game needs to be smart with that if they've got a quality back three. Um we've seen Matatu play some real good expansive footy and scored some awesome tries on, on counter attack. Um, so as long as I think, as I said, if the players can all be consistent and have an 80-minute consistent performance, because to me they've been up and down throughout throughout games, um, but they're going to have to be on from the start. Um, and I know that's what they did last time against the Chiefs. They got up, I think it was 19-5 or something mm. in the last game against them, which probably put them off to a, a good start. And um, so they're going to need to start start well because it's you know the money will have it um, the whole season. So you've got to try and get up on them. On the early and kind of hold that out. I guess the flip side to it is that it's sort of Manawas to lose. They're unbeaten. As uh, Pip Love said, the pressure's all on them. So, how do you think they'll handle the pressure? Yeah, I think, oh, you know, like the, the, pressure is, the pressure is on them, but, you know, like there's a lot of players in that team that, that embrace the pressure and they, they might not feel it as such, you know. And we've learned a lot through the World Cup to embrace that pressure and, and you know, it's a privilege to. To feel that, and I think you know they're at home as well. Um, being here in Hamilton, it's, it can be challenging as well when you're coming up a, up against that. Um, but as you say, you love being the underdogs. Um, you know, the, it's, it's definitely the place to be. Um, and I know that it's going to be a good fight, and it's, it's going to be a tight game. And like literally right now, obviously I'm backing Matatu to win, but I've got no idea who's going to win. That it's going to be whoever plays the, the best footy today. That'll take it out. My last question was predictions, but you've basically already said maybe about half a dozen times that you're backing Matatu, and I love that. Um, you're going to be at the game this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm looking, looking, looking forward to it. I'll watch, I'm obviously going to have a bit of work for Sky the last uh, during the competition, and then the last couple of weeks I've managed to watch it at home probably with, with a couple of mates yelling at the TV with some frustrations and whatnot. But um, 
um, hopefully today I'll have to rain that a little bit, rain around people, but um, no, I'm really looking forward to the occasion and I know the girls will be as well. Well, enjoy it. And I know I've told you before, but I want to say it on the record. You've done phenomenal on your Sky coverage as well. You're such a natural in the analysis position. Um, thanks so much for your time, Kenj. Have a great run. Hit some new PBs. Have a fabulous day in the Tron and go the Mutter too. Now, rather than a panel this week, we're bringing you an extra interview with Stuff Sports writer Rob Van Royen, who's across all things rugby because it's been a big week in rugby. And this segment's proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Rob, thanks for joining us. You were Orange Theory last night covering the game. What did you make of it? Yeah, morning. Not not too... Uh, I mean, it's a bit, a bit clunky in terms of the Crusaders' performance and I guess to be expected of the match as a whole when the Brumbies rested a host of, of Wallabies. They've gone down the rabbit hole of rest weeks for their international players as well as uh, the All Blacks have. So, uh, and the All Blacks are missing more than... Sorry, the Crusaders are missing more than a dozen players. So probably to be expected. Um, well, Crusaders, what, 35-17, they got the bonus point with their late try to... Christian Leo Willie, so they got what they wanted in that regard. Um, unfortunately, from their from their perspective, they did. Uh, the injury ward has gotten larger, and Ethan Blackhead has joined it. Uh, subbed off late in the first half with a calf injury. Felt it felt it tweak in there. Um, initial indications are it'd be two or three weeks, probably. So you probably won't see him till no. after the bye. Not not long term, but it's just another another uh, addition to that uh, very lengthy list. Gosh, yeah, I read out the list earlier, and as you say, it is lengthy. How concerning is that, I guess, at this point of the season? Like, we asked them all week, Scott Hansen, Razor, like, it's never seen before injury lists in round four, right? Yeah, that's the main thing. It's the round four factor, well, now round five, to have so many guys out. Um, as Razor did say at the end of the night, uh, he said, the cavalry is coming. He just doesn't know if it's going to come over the hill. Next week, the week after or after the bye, there might, um, did ask if there was a chance anyone would be back next week, and he said potentially there might be, but definitely uh, it's looking more like the bye week. Um, more, more uh, the big one really is I mean, Scott Barrett, that was his fifth game in a row last night, mm-hmm. so he's played massive minutes, and obviously that's sort of reached the the limit there on all backs um, games in a, in a row, but the exemptions can be handed out, so there's a good chance you still could see him play a sixth game next week, given he's the only healthy specialist lock on the roster in terms of their five contracted locks. I mean, Zach Gallagher was meant to play last night. He got scratched with a hamstring. So Dom Gardner had to start at lock. Uh, and they had to bring in Jamie Hanna, 20-year-old academy member, former Christchurch Boys High School captain. So he he made a debut in the match um, a lot, you know, one or two years earlier. He's He's got a national training contract with the Crusaders this year, so he has is training with them uh, full-time, but um, as Razor said, they wouldn't expect him to be playing this soon. Yeah, at this rate, we've got a whole new look Crusader squad. You go to training and new faces pop up each week. They'll be asking you yeah. to join soon, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, Colin Mansfield did make that joke the other the other day when we were down there. He said, <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. So, you know, look, at it. it's going back to your question before how concerning it is, it's... Um, Look, at least there are some guys coming back, and including the guys that will be back sooner rather than later. That's your David Havili and Jack Goodhue um, spring to mind. Quinton Strange hamstring. He's you know they really need to get some locks. Um, and it mm-hmm. sounds like I mean Sam Whitelock's hand. I'm not sure. They still haven't given us a, a time on, but it's looking like it's probably more. He you know, he could be back as soon as 
as after the bye week. And, and Ollie Yeager's only till maybe a week or two, maybe three at a stretch, uh, coming back after that bye week as well. So um, and Cullen Grace is another one. So there are some bodies coming mm. back. And the other one that I thought was interesting uh, watching on the telly is that Will Jordan was warming up with the team last night. Have they given any indication? Um, did Razor and Co last night say anything on where Will Jordan may be at? Yeah, he, he's they're going to he have another real good um, assessment of him at during the bye. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's back uh, the week nine, which is after the bye. Um, it sounds like it's yeah, he's doing more and more. And yeah, I did when I got up in the stands uh, into the tribunes last night. Yeah, I was keeping a close eye on Will Jordan. He was very active in the in the warm up, so that's very encouraging to see. Um, and with, with, well, he's been training all along, uh, not at full tilt, but he's been building and building. So he's he's another one that's coming back and uh, and just as well for their sake. Yeah, um, we, we've obviously touched on the fact they've had to bring in so many new players, and we've had about oh, at least half a dozen debutants so far this season. Um, how impressed have you been from them? And I guess what out of this out of the seven who have debuted, who's been the one for you that's been the standout? Yeah, the number you got goes up to nine actually. Um, it's the number wow. of nine debutants in five weeks. Uh, it was seven before last night. Um, I, I really like the look of. Pisano Patafilo, actually, he's um, he, he's one I really like like the look of. And in terms, I'll go one on the backs and one uh, up front. And up front, I'll tell you, that's Christian Leo Willie. I mean, he was he he was one that we were always going to see a fair bit of. But he's he's a very impressive player. He's played some big minutes. Had to come on earlier than um, expected last night with Ethan going off. Um, yeah, he, he's a really physical player, and he's got that ability to beat beat players. In the close combat stuff and uh, grind his way over the line, as, you, as we saw last night for that bonus point, he had, had thought he'd scored a try a wee bit earlier, but got uh, the knee was down, double movement. So yeah, he's a very impressive player. And with Patafilo, um, he uh, he's 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 a really good defender. That's probably the main thing with him. Like he's very physical, uh, doesn't get caught out of position. Um, haven't really seen him with the ball in open space much and have a real chance to have a crack. He made a nice wee snipe last night at one stage but um yeah that'd be probably two i mean max springer's uh we still mm. he's played a few games and we still haven't really seen him get many opportunities go his way either when he's played I mean, he's got all the ingredients you want in the outside back to really flourish it just didn't really quite go max springer's way um and look i think we'll see a fair bit more of um noah hotham as the season progresses he's one i really want to see more of um taha kamada when he comes back from his broken hand i think the um Lineup that's going to intrigue the most is the team they they roll out against Milana Pacifico and on Good Friday. I mean, mm. after what happened with the drawer, I know that was over there and it's a completely different story. Um, I just yeah, depending what happens with the Reds, it'll impact what they do. But that lineup against Milana Pacifico would it might not perhaps have as many you know new faces or as young and raw as it might have been otherwise. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think that game is going to be super interesting to see how the coaches tackle it in terms of, as you say, their starting lineup because they won't want a repeat of what happened over in Lotoka, that's for sure. Um, the other side to that is, I guess, is uh, that the fact there have been so many debutants is also the depth of the Crusaders franchise and how they seem to just keep churning out quality players. Yeah, and that's what I've always been lauded for. I like their depth and. You know, the team, the team like the the Highlanders, or I mean, probably any other team in the competition, even the unbeaten Chiefs, they probably couldn't go 
they probably can handle this kind of injury tally uh, to the same extent as the Crusaders are. I mean, that's at three and two. Um, the, you know, overall, you, you still look at their lineup last night. They fielded, it and you still think that's a pretty damn good team overall. Um, that, you know, and they're, and they're missing more than a dozen players. So, and some of them are big name All Blacks. So, mm. um, yeah, it's the it's the depth. So, you know, the Highlanders, for instance, they've got a lot of injuries. A similar tally actually to the Crusaders. Um, and you look at their lineup, and well, it's a completely different story. They are fielding guys. It, it is more of an NPC lineup essentially. Yeah. Gosh, that's grim. Uh, obviously, the big news this week was that Razor has become the All Blacks coach for 2024 and beyond. Uh, in the end, it all played out very quickly. Thank you for everyone's sake. Uh, but how important do you think it was in terms of the Crusaders being able to move forward? Because I don't know about you, but I've definitely sensed in the past few days being around the Crusaders, there is a weight of relief for everyone there. Absolutely, there definitely is. <laughs> yeah, there is, and, and even though in the, in the lead up, you know, even after, like, for instance, they lost that game to the Chiefs, and there were the natural questions, of, uh, you know, has it been a, uh, is it a distraction? They, all, it was always downplayed as no, look, it's just no one's really thinking about it much. But you know, but now you've heard obviously that it's, uh, it's all been sorted. There have been the comments of, oh, look, it was there in the background, and it is great to have it off, and now they can just refocus and. You know, nice touch to hear that you know, they had the presentation the other day for him and they mm. all know how much it meant to, to Razor and Scott Barrett got up and spoke and gave him a gift. So nice nice touch. And then, look, last night, I mean, you go to Crusaders game, every every single home game as uh, Scott Robertson makes his way up that south stand to his coaching box, he gets an ovation. Last night it was much, much uh, larger than than usual. He got a standing ovation last night from the entire... And, and, over the PA system, they they even they raised the you know congratulations on being all named All Blacks coach. So it was really quite a nice moment for him last night as he made his way up the stands and got that standing ovation. Um, and yeah, he's look at nice way last night. Bonus point went to hone back in on his job. I mean, look, the All Black stuff has to really go to the back um, of his mind outside of sorting those assistants, which. Um, will be something for you know again it's another one for, the, for everyone's sake. Hopefully it's um, over pretty quickly. We saw Leon McDonald, all those guys who have been you know named in that mix uh, spoken to this week, and you know Leon McDonald I saw yesterday was a wee bit awkward about it. So I think for his sake and everyone's sake, there hopefully those things can be locked in pretty quick so it, that stuff can go away as well. Yeah, I just, you can definitely sense the, the weight of relief has been lifted and it's so nice to hear that Razor got a good reception like that from the home crowd. Rob, thanks so much for your time. Um, as always, enjoy the rest of your weekend. That segment was proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. And that's it for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner this week. I've been your host, Jordan Oppett, filling in for Frankie. The mail runs up next. See you next week.